Episode 10 is live with Living the Guide Life here, and we have Seth Vanderban on today, who is a media guru and guide for Dirty Bird Outfitters. And today we talk about waterfowl hunting all the way, all the way from North Dakota to Arkansas and dig into some swan hunting, which is pretty cool to hear about. So if you guys want to hear some stories about that, you guys are going to enjoy this one. And we'll be talking about some tips on photography and other things like that. So I hope you guys enjoy. This is Living the Guide Life, and we are on episode 10 with guest Seth Vanderban from Michigan, and he does some guiding with Dirty Bird Outfitters and is really into freelance photography. And so for all the people that want to maybe start taking pictures or just have fun with it in the field, maybe you could learn a few things and... Uh, we're gonna have some fun talking about waterfall today. Seth, how are we doing? Good. How are you, man? Doing good. And we were just talking a little bit. Um, you're from Michigan and everything. Do you guys have a waterfall? Like, how's your waterfall season over there? Yeah. So, um, I mean, waterfall hunting in Michigan wasn't even. I didn't even know it was a thing till three, four years ago. Like, I grew up in a deer hunting family. Okay. I mean. That was 10 years ago. You had to be 10 years old, and then you could deer hunt, like, yeah. to legally start deer hunting. And in the first four years of deer hunting, I killed a dozen deer. Like, we were, my family, I was raised, we're just meat hunters. Waterfowl hunting wasn't even on my radar until yeah. three or four years ago. Um, I had some buddies that were kind of getting into it, and that seemed cool. I mean, I I wasn't totally sold. We went out with a bunch of homemade layouts, and I shot this single goose that came in with my dad's old single shot 12 gauge and from there on i was i mean i was sold this is what i wanted to do the gun fell apart in my hands and there's a goose flopping in front of me and i lost my mind (laughs) yeah that's awesome i mean it's michigan is it's a lot smaller scale you find an 80 bird 70 bird feed and i mean around here that's that's a good feed i'll hunt that yeah out west i don't stop for anything less than a couple thousand yeah so everything's a little bit smaller scale. It's a little bit more competitive to get into fields. A lot of guys around here do leases on fields for season, which I'm not a huge fan of. It kind of ruins the game for me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of the way it goes in Michigan. So a little bit different from other places, I guess. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, you guys shoot. Well, for you guys out there, do a lot of people dive around, I feel like, in Michigan? Yeah, I know a lot of guys that dive around. I've never really got too into it. Um, yeah. I think it's just... I'm farther off the lake. I'm more in the middle of the state, so it's too far of a drive for me, too. I have diver hunted. Um, it's really not my thing, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've got buddies that are big into it just because we have the lakes right here. So. Yeah, fair enough. How'd you get... But for us, it's... No, keep I, going. I mean, for us, it's... Yeah, it's just hawkers and you yeah. know, big ducks mostly, so... Yeah, mallards, geese, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of the same way in Minnesota. Just a lot of mallards and geese and then i mean you get on some of the big lakes and you go shoot a lot of divers but i like field hunting better i i don't like to get wet <laughs> yeah same here <laughs> like if i if i don't have to get wet and i could drive my trailer into the field like I, yeah. I, i'd way rather do that than go get in a boat and then get all splashed up with water and yeah but I don't know. The only time I really like water is <laughs> I did hunt a timber for the first time this past season down in Arkansas. And oh, yeah. I can get used to that. Yeah. That's, that's water I don't mind standing in. When you see them, you know, break down through the trees, yeah. through a, a hole the size of a truck, <laughs> that's that's pretty cool right there. But other than that, yeah, I'm not a big fan of standing around and getting wet if I don't have to. So Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty fun to go shoot them down in Arkansas on that timber. Yeah, it's, it's it's something. It's an experience. Those guys can blow on their calls, too. Oh, yeah. And isn't it, like, basically all public land that you're hunting in that flooded timber, or what's the deal um, with that? I was lucky enough to meet some guys that uh, Wilson Brothers Guide Service down there, um, okay. and they have a lot of private land as well. Okay. Uh, but we did hunt a bit of public, uh, Pigeon River Reservoir. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, 
it's a little bit different. I'm, I like the public. I like the idea that you can just go down there and you can shoot ducks. Like I could, anybody could, you can go down there and kill ducks. Yeah. You don't need to, there's, there's no gate that you have to get through this, this hard entry into it. It's right there and it's accessible to a lot of people. So that's the nice thing about Arkansas. But if, if you do have the private, like those guys do, then it can be pretty cool to see too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool that people can go like if you go hunt public land down there and you do your research you can kill a lot of ducks because in minnesota if you go hunt public land you might shoot a couple you're not gonna like you're not gonna go smash them up yeah i mean that's the thing around here too like if if you're hunting public i'm not saying it's impossible to kill ducks on public you can get them pretty good on the east side of the state harsons island areas like that yeah but I mean, public really isn't where it's at in Michigan, at least in my experience. So, no, yeah, that's the same way with over here. I mean, it just gets, I mean, beat to shit. I mean, yeah, so many people. Yeah. It's like you'll go. I remember like two years ago, after we got done hunting, we drove past this public piece, and I swear to God, there was like three ponds on it, and there was probably ten trucks. Yeah. And like not big ponds, like small, tiny little ponds. And I'm like, well, fair enough. Like, teach his own. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Just not my cup of tea. I'd rather go try to hop in a field and hunt private a lot better. Right. For the most part. But, how'd you get uh, connected out with Dirty Bird? Um, that's, that's a good question. So, uh, I mean, honestly, when I started photography, um, it was more like I had a bunch of friends on the West side of the state or the West side of the country. I've got family out there. So I kind of got into like the PNW, like landscape photography thing. Yeah. Um, and it slowly transitioned over to me just shooting stuff that I'm around back in Michigan, just because I like photography so much. I wanted to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. So I, I honestly still don't know how they found me. Um, I haven't got a straight answer. Somebody, <laughs> somebody mentioned me to Matt. Matt gave me a call one day, uh, asked me to come out. That's that's kind of how I got started with Thirty Bird. So, yeah, fair enough. Cause yeah, you went. Was this your first year out there with them? Yeah, this is my first season with Thirty Bird. Okay. Yeah. And yep. did you did you 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 did fall, and springs snows yep yeah uh, i got out there uh, middle of october and i mean i pretty much stayed with 30 bird until the end of the end of season like i ran with them from north dakota down to arkansas and then all the way back up and then i stayed an extra month just to fun hunt with buddies so yeah yeah that'd be that'd be a good time um did you guys how long do you stay up in north dakota for uh, so Dirty Bird runs hunts. This year they're actually running hunts from August 15 uh, through December. Okay. And then January they head down to Arkansas to hunt specs, and then February it's open our snows. So. Yeah. And was this your first year hunting snows? Uh, this is my first year like seriously hunting snows. I've hunted snow feeds before, but it wasn't like I, I didn't know what I was doing. This year I I learned a lot. It was quite yeah. an eye opener to go down there and see how they do it so yeah it looks like you guys had a good year it was better um i think next year is going to be better yet this year well so i don't think last year everybody knows it was a terrible hatch this year was a a pretty decent hatch but i mean there were still no two-year-old birds yeah last year so i mean considering what we had i think we had a good season yeah um i'm pretty excited for this next year coming up though Oh yeah, I think that one's gonna be an even better one. So yeah, when we uh, I got on a North Dakota trip like in late October, and when we went out there, um, we killed a lot of snows, and they were damn near all juvies. Like I think we over the two days that we hunted or three days that we hunted snows, like I want to say shot like twenty adults. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't juvies this year. We we got into juvies quite a bit, especially towards the end when they start to, you know, you see those last little pockets of juvies. Yeah. Start to really get into them. But I feel like when the snows come up, the juvies are kind of at the tail end of things. Yeah, they are. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially towards the end of the season once they started to separate yeah. at some time. Yeah, you guys had yeah, a pretty, pretty cool hunt in the snow too. Oh, uh, that day was that day was a deal. That was probably the <laughs> coolest hunt I've ever been on. Yeah. Craziest anyway. It was pretty wild. It was pretty cold. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. What was the yeah. What was the scenario with that? Well, we knew going into it that it was going to be a good day to hunt. Like just the way the weather was lining up, it was going to be blizzard. Birds weren't going to be able to see. Yeah. Uh, the only feed we found was a pretty small one. It was like five thousand birds in it. Okay. And just about every one of them came back in pretty small groups, so we just kept pounding on them. I mean, that morning. It was 40 mile an hour winds. It was a ground blizzard. There were times you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Your <laughs> eyes would, the wind would suck around your face and just blind you. You'd get brain from sitting there. Yeah. But, I mean, these, the birds would come off the roost in little groups of 50, 100, something like that, and they'd be crawling so low to the ground. I've seen birds do stuff I've never seen a bird do. They'd be in between the rows of corn flipping and then they would stay sideways like they would hold that flip position for a few seconds while they're crawling up towards you Dang. pretty much as fast as you could shove shells in your gun you'd be shooting <laughs> yeah that's so, awesome that... yeah we killed 155 that morning so it was a pretty good one yeah i wouldn't complain about that at all yeah that'd be that'd be a lot of fun did you bring your camera out for that one then yeah, I brought it out. Um, it froze up a bunch of times on me. It wasn't really working too well, but I did get a few pictures I posted the other day, and then I think there's a little video I put together floating around somewhere as well. So. Yeah, I saw that video. Well, when you bring your camera out in those like temps, how do you kind of know when it's too cold or like too much snow? Like, do you kind of know when to bring it out and when not to, or do you kind of just have it all the time? I mean. I know when I shouldn't bring it out, but I do it anyway. I've gone through a lot. Of, I've gone through quite a few cameras. I have a, a habit of breaking them. So um, my camera came out of that one okay, but yeah, there's been other times I've drowned it oh, more yeah. than once. Ooh, that'd not be fun. So, but yeah, yeah it, it survived that day. Um, batteries go a lot faster in the cold, so you got to remember to bring a bunch of extra batteries. Um, yeah. Other than that, I just tried to keep it protected as best I could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's what most people don't understand is your cameras can hold up in that type of weather. You just kind of got to be careful with it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing for me is, I'm not gonna, you know, miss an opportunity. Yeah. Like that, I think the the photos coming out of that, at least for me, were. I, they might not be the coolest, but for me, it was really rewarding to to have that memory saved, I guess. I mean, better than iPhone pictures anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. My camera pretty much goes everywhere. Yeah. Anymore, so. Yeah, you made a pretty badass video, too. I saw that. You were talking about it of the spring snows. You're like oh, seasoned. Oh, uh, with Dirty Bird down in Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah, I put together a little recap for them. Um, yeah, I mean... That was, that was about the season right there. We we got some pretty good ones toward the end on film, which I was pretty happy with. And it worked out in the video. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> How long did it take to record all that? Was that just the entire season of just a bunch of films? Um, so the big video that I put together at the end was pretty much the highlights of the whole season from... Uh, conservation season opener to the end of when we finished up in the migrator spread in North Dakota. Okay. So, yeah, it's got clubs from all over in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, no, that video is, that video is really cool. I really enjoyed watching that. And well, then, thanks. I'm, I'm happy somebody enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a badass video. I, I kept watching that over and over again because I was like, "Dang, that's players got to play." I mean, that's a that takes a lot of talent to be able to do that kind of stuff. How long have you been taking photos for? Um, I mean, yeah, I said earlier, um, I grew up in a deer hunting family. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I started. I just brought a camera out to take pictures and little videos of deer, and it kind of, I kind of like shied away from the whole outdoor side of things, and it was just taking pictures of mountains and stuff. Yeah, and kind of brought it back with me like i don't know i fell in love with photography and that was just my thing i wanted to do it more and for me that was taking pictures of what i saw in michigan so um 
as I got into waterfowl, the camera started to come along more and more. And I think that's, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. When you're, when you're taking all those kind of pictures and stuff like that, when you're taking a good picture, what do you kind of look for? Like good lighting and all that kind of stuff or what's kind of your, what do you like? Um, what do you like to look for? For me, the most important thing is it's, it's gotta be interesting. Like you've got to have an interesting, you know, scene in front of you. Um, outside of that, I don't know. I just, I just kind of do it anymore. I don't really put a lot of thought into it. It just kind of, yeah. I just know where, know what I want and I know what I want it to look like and just do it, I guess. I don't know. I used to put a lot more thought into it. I would go, you know, follow all these big photographers and all oh, that's a sick picture. Let me, let me do what I can to copy that. Um, yeah. but eventually I kind of branched out and kind of just started doing my own thing. So yeah, cause I yeah, like- not really, oh, keep going. I'm not really looking for anything specific. It's just kind of the feel that I'm after when I'm taking oh. pictures, I guess. Yeah. Cause I was looking through your Instagram too, and you kind of got a different filter on like all your pictures than I've seen from anyone else's like a different kind of editing or how do you, I don't know how you go about it, but, and I like it. Yeah. I mean, I try. I mean, I think that's, that's part of how you separate yourselves from others is you're, you're the way you edit the style that you edit in is a huge part of that. So, um, that's something I really try to do to, to stand out, I guess. Yeah. Um, a lot of time and a lot of practice, goes into it and it's just kind of turned into what it is now so yeah what do you use for editing do you use like lightroom and stuff like that then yep yeah pretty much everything i do is in lightroom and a little bit of photoshop sometimes but more and more i'm starting to avoid photoshop just because it's a lot of work to to you know import into photoshop and the next part is like two steps extra that i don't want to deal with yeah so yeah oh exactly i I've played around with Photoshop a little bit. I just can't figure it out. I don't know. It's just, it's it's complicated. Like, to be able to play around with that and know what you're doing, it's a good skill to have. Yeah, that's, that's how I started out. I mean, I did what a lot of people I know do is just play it around in Photoshop, you know, take a picture of sunset and edit birds or dumb stuff like that into it. So I'm pretty familiar with Photoshop. It's just more and more I started to shy away from it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and just go straight to Lightroom because Lightroom, uh, Lightroom's got a lot of good stuff on there. I've played around with that too. It's a lot of, you can make a picture really pop and do a lot of different stuff like that. How many? Yeah, uh, Lightroom's. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, Lightroom's where I do most of my work now. It's just faster when you're trying to do got a bunch of projects going on i've kind of streamlined my workflow through lightroom yeah um i started out coming from the graphic design thing like that's what i went to school for okay graphic design that's what i got my degree in was the arts like stuff like that Um, yeah but more and more it's just lightroom shoot into lightroom get my editing done spit it out be done with it as fast as i can because i mean yeah you don't have a lot of time so yeah got a lot of different things going on yeah Oh yeah, I hear you. Um, and what are some other like? Because I know you were talking, you do stuff with split reads. So you, do you just take a lot of photos for them? Yeah. Um. So split read does a bunch of content stuff for different outfitters and brands, stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I mean, I was lucky enough to meet a couple of guys there, and they just have me. Basically, like right now, they send me a bunch of stuff for Mojo. Um, I'll be taking some pictures of Mojo spinners and stuff for them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Cade Tricky came up for turkey season. We shot some stuff for Apex, okay. Apex ammo. And then, yeah, that work I did in South Dakota for Flatland split read. Yeah. And Cade's a photographer kind of too, right? Yeah, he's uh, he works for Dive Bomb. Yeah. And is he one of their media guys or something like that? Yep. Uh, Kay does most or a lot of the media stuff for Dive Bomb, him and Nick Costas. Okay. Um, yeah, Nick's, Nick's the one of the owners for Split Read then. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick is – he owns it with uh, Duncan. Yep. Duncan McLeod. Um, I think they bought it from Asher back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's kind of – it was more of like a general just hunting page and then it's yeah. kind of turned into a more waterfall specific thing yeah because i got a bunch of stuff going on about there for the people that don't know about it um 
like a bunch of yeah, articles they, and like a bunch of di- different stuff about waterfowl hunting. They stay busy. They're yeah. getting busier too. So yeah, yeah got, it's, it's turning into quite the thing now. Yeah, they got quite a few things going on. Like I noticed, they got a quite a few followers on Instagram too. Yeah, they're <laughs> they kind of own the waterfowl industry. It feels like sometimes they're yeah. <laughs> they're definitely growing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's crazy, and they got a bunch of good stuff on there too. Like, I mean, recipes, videos, talking about people. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I like. Yeah, they've got a they've got a pretty huge team of guys that pump out content for them. They they've got it pretty well figured out now. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, cause yeah, I was I was listening to. What podcast was it about Nick and he's from um was it Virginia? He's got a pretty cool have, pretty cool story about how he got into waterfalling. I like that. Yeah, I think I've listened to that podcast. I'm not even sure where Nick's from. I think he's from Virginia. I've heard something like that, but Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that's pretty neat to be able to go do something like that. But um yeah, so what's it like uh guiding with dirty bird in the fall oh man it's you stay busy i mean you have clients come in every day so yeah uh, this fall it was me nick and then one other local guy that helped us out um yeah it's we stay on the birds but yeah it was different experience definitely because i mean michigan like i said earlier the speeds are a lot smaller and then to go out there and see you know 15 20 30, ducks in a field yeah that was pretty crazy <laughs> and then another <laughs> cool thing they offer is swan hunts so oh, wow. i hadn't seen something that big go down before but yeah, yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> to hunt bulls as well yeah yeah that'd be that'd be pretty sweet to go shoot a swan because you have to be a resident to shoot a swan, don't you, in North Dakota? Uh, nope, non-residents can shoot swans as well. You have to apply, but uh, the application process is super easy. It's pretty cheap, and you're you're not guaranteed, but you're pretty good chance that you're going to get a tag. I'll probably put in and try to shoot one this fall with a bow. Oh, with a bow? I mean, we're going to try. I don't know if it's going to work <laughs> out or not. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool to be able to shoot one with a bow then. Are yeah, you? I mean, the way we decoy them, they, they come in slow. They're just massive. I mean, when they decoy that close, I was watching them float down. Man, I think I could shoot one of those with a bow. I kind of <laughs> want to try it, so yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. That'd be a, that'd be pretty cool. To, that'd be a different experience to shoot one with a bow instead of a gun. Yeah, I mean, just to see them that close to, they're they're a big bird, man. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited to give it a try. Yeah, that'd be that'd be something different, that's for sure. Is it um so is it like a lottery kind of deal then? Oh yeah, it's just a drawing you apply, put in. Yeah. Um and then a lot of times they'll have leftover tags at the end as well that you can get. Yeah. Um so yeah, your chances are pretty pretty decent that you're gonna end up pulling a tag. Yeah. Do you guys get a lot of people go out there for swans? Uh, yeah, I mean a fair amount. That's, I mean, we hunt ducks first, but yeah, our, we do have some swan swan clients come through. When they do, it's it's pretty fun. Um, the way we run the hunts is, I mean, you're there to shoot your swan, right? But yeah, we'll also set you know puddler decoys and we'll shoot divers at the same time. So yeah, you're gonna be shooting no matter what. Yeah, are you hunting over like? big lakes and stuff like that for the swans then um some of the swans we shot were almost dry fields and some of the swans we shot were some huge water huh. so i mean it's kind of all over the place um yeah we even pulled some migrating swans like we saw swans flipping down like streets from a half mile up so Jeez. yeah you kind of get to see it all sometimes so yeah and you just do you throw it like swan decoys in the field? Do you have? Yeah, uh, we've got some floater swan decoys. They've got like flat bottoms, so you can use them on dry ground as well. Yeah. Um, in the past, um, Dirty Bird has used just snow goose decoys, and yeah. those decoys well, pretty good to that. But right now, we've been using, yeah, it's just like a flat bottom floater. So. Yeah, so it's kind of like hunting regular geese, just a lot bigger. Pretty much. 
lot bigger. Calling is a lot different. You kind of got to hoot at them with your mouth. Yeah. Which sounds kind of weird. It's pretty embarrassing sitting there in front of clients <laughs> hooting at birds. But they, they, they decoy. They come to that yeah. pretty well. It's, it's pretty sweet to see. So. Yeah, so it's all like, is it mainly mouth calling or is there like an actual swan call that you guys use? I've never heard of an actual swan call. Maybe there is, but yeah, we kind of just hoot at them. Hmm. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't want to do it. It's too embarrassing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't make you do it. Uh, but yeah, that'd be that'd be a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool way to hunt. Be able to shoot one of those too, because you can only shoot one of them with the tag. Yep, one a person. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like shooting a deer. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, that'd be pretty. Uh, that'd be pretty neat. Um, but yeah, and then for your, do you guys hunt snows in the fall then too? Um, most of our clients that come up, they're there to duck hunt. Like that's, that's what people come to North Dakota to do is they want to shoot dry field mallards. Yeah. Uh, we do a little bit. Um, but the focus is on, you know, mallards, geese, swans, get lost tags filled. I mean, if somebody asks for it, sure. Yeah. We'll go try to find some snows, but the focus is mostly on, you know, ducks and geese in the fall. Where do most Parks. of the people come from? Uh, all over. We've had some clients come from uh, spring season this year. We had some guys come from Australia. So we've had oh wow, yeah, a lot of guys come from all over. Last year they had some guys come from Scotland. Dang. Yeah, all over the place. So They must have hit you guys, the Australia guys, right before COVID then. Right before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm pretty sure that the Australian clients, yeah, they were they were like right on the edge. Yeah. Like this was weeks before, like a couple weeks before the whole thing like broke and everybody started going crazy. So they barely made it in. Yeah, because the COVID deal was like right, right in the middle right of there. March, kind of. That was kind of right in yep. the middle of snow seasons. Yep. I mean, those guys came in like the first week of February. Okay. And they stayed for a week. And then right after that, things started to lock up pretty good. So they barely made it. Yeah, how'd that affect, how did COVID affect the guiding season for you guys? Um, a bit, quite a bit. When we got up to North Dakota, um, but I mean, we still had quite a few clients come out. A lot of guys that were local yeah. came out as well. So that was when we were in the migrator. I mean, we still we still ran, still had a good time, still shot a bunch of birds. The migrator spread would be down pretty good, so. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you guys have a lot, like, did you have a, decent amount of cancellations or not really was it pretty was everyone still kind of i mean a few there was yeah. a few i think but for the most part people still i mean if they could make it across they would still do it so yeah but i mean and we're out in the middle of nowhere we're keeping our space i mean it's not exactly like sharing anything or anything like that so yeah i i mean the covid deal i wasn't very worried about and then i was like this is a bunch of bs like yeah i mean if it like i went up to north dakota and hunted snows when the whole covid deal was going on and i'm like you're in the middle of nowhere like talking to landowners every once in a while and then that's about it right you stay in a hotel room and (laughs) like i mean that's pretty much what it was for us i mean the clients show up to the field and we bring them down to the spread and that's about i mean we're not we're not super close contact you know before the season or before we sent the spread and that was about it and when you're running the migrator you're you're kind of cut off so yeah we weren't super worried about it when you guys run migrators do you just have a permanent spread yeah um so we'll pick a pretty good flight line okay um this year we found a really good one and yeah. uh set a ton of decoys <laughs> on it normally we'll run in this year we ran in a pasture pond okay. um and yeah, I mean, this is my first year seeing a migrator spread for snow, so yeah, another cool experience there. Who would you hunt uh, in the spring with? Was it Nick? Um, yeah, uh, Nick Marcy's. Yep, is the head guy at Dirty Bird. Yep, um, I've helped him out for. Yeah, I mean, I was with him pretty much all season. So fair enough. Do, do they have any other guys work for him in the spring then besides Nick? Uh, yeah, we have. Pretty, pretty big crew uh, in Arkansas. There's, I don't even know how many guys. Um, probably a dozen or so. Okay. 
through Arkansas, and then when we get up to North Dakota, it was just me, uh, Calvin, like guy that we have, and then Nick, okay, and we yeah. ran the migrator in South Dakota. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Nick's Nick's a beauty. I've we hunted with him once up in North Dakota. Um, we had like a hunting group and uh, hunted late season with him. Law like two years ago or whatever it was, and was there uh, a video on that? I might have seen that. It was for like our hunting group, like smack them outdoors. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a video on YouTube about that. Man. I'm gonna watch yeah. that. Yeah, it was that was us, and we went and hunted with him for a little bit. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude. He is he is a lot of a lot of laughs. Yeah, Nick's a funny guy. Like Nick's one of my best friends now. I think. Yeah, we were we were cracking up the entire time, and then that was like pretty close to when he got his pup i think yeah jack he was pretty Jack's, new uh, two now yeah so he would have been pretty young then yeah yeah that was a lot of fun hunting late season up in north dakota that was yeah it's it's cold but if you can take the cold those late december honkers oh my god i love that coming but, off the river there oh my god yeah, there were so many yeah. yeah like yeah i mean hunted a little bit in November and some of the feeds out there are, they're pretty big I've never seen that many honkers in one place before so that's yeah. pretty cool to see yeah Nick was talking like you saying it was like 400,000 geese or something like stay on the river at yeah that, the river at fills up and then when they come off the river I mean I found one feed this year that was probably 25,000 honkers yeah oh yeah which is yeah massive that's like snow goose feed <laughs> yeah exactly oh. i mean yeah when we hunted out there i mean the birds were flying like all day it they never really stopped flying because there was always just different groups coming in and out yeah it's a pretty good stream um especially when it gets super cold they won't fly till later in the day which actually is kind of a problem because north dakota um through the week you can't shoot past i think it's one o'clock yeah um to the weekend so you you kind of miss some of the flight there yeah but. yeah because we when we went up it was really warm though like it was like 40 degrees in like late december and that's so, nice like it was it was nice but at the same time like i like the cold so i don't get bothered by it but i mean it would have been better if it was a little bit colder yeah, I mean, I like the cold too, but sometimes it, we had one day and it was end of October, early December, and it was it was below zero yeah. for a week. I was it got brutal. I mean, the <laughs> birds still fly; we still kill our birds. But yeah. man, you set a spread, you set a spread by the end of it, you can't feel your hands. It it starts to hurt. So oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I feel that we had a we had a real cold day. Um, I want to say November. It was like probably five degrees, and then it was like forty or fifty mile an hour winds. And I mean that was that was pretty chilly, but God, that was probably one of the best hunts we had all year. Just the mallards were unbelievable. Like they'd come right off the roost, and like you were talking about, kind of with the snows, they were right on the ground. And yeah, you get that wind built up, and then you get some some nasty weather and it seems like those are the days that you actually want to be out hunting yeah exactly. yeah best, I, so. I damn near crashed my truck and trailer on the way there this that morning oh my god we had like probably a foot of snow too that came down overnight and then Jeez. it like snowed all throughout the morning to like whenever we got done hunting and yeah and minnesota's terrible with plowing their roads it takes them so long and so if it snows like you gotta leave extra early because it's not it's not very ideal even like the main roads they just right i don't know i just feel like minnesota could do a lot better job of it right yeah no that's the thing too like when it when it starts to snow like that it's it's good hunting but yeah you got to get there first so (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) uh it's yeah it's a it's a fun time though minnesota it's it's some good hunting not like north dakota but i mean if you find them you'll be able to kill a lot yeah. of them 
So, right. um, do you guys hunt mostly migrators there, or do you guys hunt feeds as well? Yeah, we hunt feeds. We uh, that's mainly what we do. Just chase feeds all the time. But I mean, our feeds out here, are like, I mean, early season, if you find a feed of like three hundred, that's really good. Yeah, then, yeah, that's what I've heard. About the same here too. Yeah, and then like during the middle of the season, if you find a feed of like uh, seven hundred to fifteen hundred then you're like really set and that's like through the rest of the season and then late season you can find feeds of like i don't know probably 700 on the average because then they start to start to move out unless there's like open water in certain areas right but what part of more uh, minnesota do you guys are you guys towards the north under no we're like we're so we're do you know where minneapolis is yeah. Yeah. So we're like 20 minutes south of Minneapolis. I got you. Like just straight south if you go right down kind of in that area. And um, hunt a lot around there and then also hunt kind of down in the southwest corner too. Those are kind of like our two areas that we hunt because I got buddies that go to school down there and then I'm going to be joining them in the fall. And so we'll probably do a lot more hunting down in the southwest part of the state. And then I gotcha. still do some stuff around the cities. But around the cities, it gets pressured until, like, I want to say end of October. And then you stop seeing people because, I don't know, people just don't want to grind anymore. They get tired of it, yeah. I guess. But that's yeah right. i get that <laughs> that's right when the good part of the season starts up right when it gets cold right um do you guys see migrators quite a bit i know that's one of the things that i really want to have medicine for is seeing those mold throw through is that something that you guys really do or is it i mean oh is yeah. it just beads yeah we we do a lot of uh like earlier in the season yeah we'll get a lot of migrators coming through and we'll do some big yeah, migrators. that's one of the things we yeah, that's pretty sick. That's one of the things we don't really get to see in Michigan. It's, I mean, we get a migration, but it's a lot smaller. Like, yeah. a lot of our local roosts, I won't get to see new birds in it for a couple of weeks at a time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. once... Because once we... Our season starts at September, and then you hunt early season. You see them towards the end of early season, which is, like, September, like, 20th, probably. You start to see them start yep. coming down. Yep. And then that's when we start throwing out some bigger spreads for migrators because, I mean, yeah, I I like to use a lot of dive bombs. They're so easy. Like, that's what I'm going to switch over to this next season, too. I'm, I'm a big full-body guy, yeah. but when you can pack in that many, it's oh just it's right there. Here's your whole spread in the back <laughs> of your truck, especially for honkers. Yeah. yeah, I love dive bombs. So. Yeah, and it's such a good price, too. Like, I mean... Right. Because we, some hunts will run like fifty dozen for migrators, yeah. and then yeah. so it's like fifty dozen full bodies is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it takes up the space. Oh the my space god, space that that takes up. Oh yeah, yeah. You're pulling yeah, like I'm in the three process trailers. Of, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the process of selling off a bunch of my full bodies right now, just because the space that they take up is just too much to handle and honestly i'm not gaining that much most of the situations i hunt i don't know if they're necessary all the time and i mean this is coming from a diehard full body guy yeah i think i think silhouettes are where it's at right now at least mm-hmm. in a lot of situations i'm there's still times places where i use full bodies yeah but for the most part that's just smaller shots. so yeah i feel like when we're hunting full bodies like strictly full bodies for us it's like hunting on like water edges and you're running like a ice eater and then i feel like that's like probably our biggest time some early season because you can throw with smaller spreads and then yeah. the more realistic it looks the better um right but then like god i mean i i can count on one hand how many times i used just a full body spread last year and then right. the rest was like basically just using dive bombs because it's just like 
I can wake up an hour later and still have my spread out and yep. put out more decoys. And then yep. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I like using those because they're easy. Don't have to like spend a ton of money on them. And then, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the reason I'm switching over too is this last season in North Dakota, everything was so wet. There's just yeah. water everywhere. So we were doing a lot of, we'd walk in and we'd take a quad in. And so if you're trying to haul in, you know, 10, 15, 20 dozen full bodies, that takes some time. But if you can take in, <laughs> you know, three, four, five bags of, dive bomb honkers and yeah. be done with it that's that's a huge advantage for us so oh exactly yeah and i mean you could carry in like three bag two three bags by yourself really anywhere i mean right right they got their bags are so nice just throw them over your shoulder and then walk wherever you need to walk i we don't do a ton of walking spots because it's usually pretty dry during our season for the most part, so I don't really have to worry about walking stuff in. But on the occasion that I do, it's nice to yeah. have it's nice to have those because then I can just don't have to carry a bunch of full body bags out. And then, yeah, there's definitely a time and place for them. That's for sure. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys? What's your limit on geese out in Michigan then? Uh, early season, it's five, and then uh, regular season and late season, it's three a person. So. Okay, so the same for Minnesota then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because that's so, what we got. Which. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys get a lot of geese over there? Yeah, I mean we get. I mean that's that's what I hunt mostly. I I'm more of a goose guy. Okay. So, I mean, honkers are. That's bread and butter here. That's what we do yeah. 90% of the time. So, I mean, there's there's not, like I said, there's not a big migration, but, I mean, we're still, we're still killing. So. Yeah. Yeah, What's what are the feeds like out there that you look for? Uh, Michigan? Yeah. A lot smaller. Um, I mean, I've killed limits off, like, 20 or 30 bird feeds early season. <laughs> um, as the season goes on, though, I mean, yeah. a pretty good feed is anything between, I don't know, anything over 300. Um, yeah. If you see something getting over a thousand or close to a thousand then you know you found a really good one that's something that you don't get to see very often through the season but yeah um regular season i'd say between two and five hundred that's a pretty average pretty solid feed yeah so yeah fair enough i mean yeah so it's kind of kind of like minnesota but we get more migrators over here i mean yep yeah that's what you guys got going on over there yeah which is super nice because then I mean, we get birds pushing through all year round, and it's yeah. like a lot. It's a lot of new birds. It's just like you hunt one weekend, then you hunt the next weekend. It's there's going to be a lot of new birds in that area, so it's like right. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing here. It's you're hunting the same birds a lot of times. At least on the west side of the state, you'll hunt the same birds for a, a week or two. I mean, hunt different roosts, roosts, but um. I mean, you don't get a new push of birds quite as often as you do out there. Yeah. So, North Dakota, you'll see you'll see new birds coming in every day, which is really nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I North Dakota is so much fun. Like, yeah, North Dakota is where it's at. I love North. If you haven't done it. Yeah. If you haven't hunted North Dakota, you got to give it a go. That's it's something special. It's it's a deal. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy and like. I mean, I love shooting mallards out there, but at the same time, like, we don't get to shoot snows in Minnesota, so I kind of like when I go out there, I like to shoot snows. And yeah. I mean, still shoot a lot of ducks, but I kind of like to right. chase the snows when I'm when I'm there, if it's a good hatch. Like last year, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, yeah. Damn near hunted on the Canada like was on the Canada border when we hunted last year. This this past spring? Yeah. 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 Uh what when were you guys up there? We were up in Crosby. Up uh up in like I wanna say like the twentieth, maybe October twentieth ish. I gotcha. And so Okay, did you guys hunt in the spring? No in the or was fall. It just in the fall. And then I, I, I went back there in the um spring too. 
and like kind of went all over North Dakota and then but in the fall we were up in Crosby and that was a pretty good area for Chanel's at that time yeah I got a couple a couple guys out there that I uh, know and then they kind of sent me in the right direction and then hunted with us a couple days so that's pretty fun right yeah but I mean all over North Dakota is just unbelievable for the month like as long as you aren't too far west yeah once you get past the river it starts to get a little bit summer but yeah and it's still good hunting it's, oh yeah it's still it's still pretty awesome anywhere out there so yeah oh exactly and then once it once you hit the badlands out there in north dakota then you've gone too far yeah but i mean those those badlands are so cool out there if you have you ever been out to that area um uh, i had some buddies come out november 15 to 25 something like that we hunted way west west of bismarck yeah um actually bismarck area but we did kind of scout west of bismarck so we kind of got to see the edge of it okay um, we didn't go too far into it so we hunted like one feed yeah that was kind of in that area um we did okay but as the you know they were out there for a little bit over a week as yeah. the that week went on we kind of moved back back east so yeah oh yeah 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 i mean crosby it's like it's a lot of wheat fields up there not much corn or anything else just a lot of wheat a lot of farmland but i mean it was, it was there was a lot of snow holding in that area when we went up there i don't think i've seen it but I have to add it to the list. North Dakota is just so big. Oh yeah, huge. So many different spots you can go, and I, I got some buddies in uh, Dakota Fargo, um, NDSU, and yep. then uh, so they hunt quite a bit, like Valley City and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, they did. They did real well this past season out there. Um, yeah, that's kind of the same area that. Dirty Bird runs their fall hunts is that that same rough area I guess Valley City and a little bit west of there so yeah yeah it's a real good area and then you run into like Jamestown and stuff like that too and just kind of yep that area is pretty 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 good area for shooting waterfowl yeah and yep. we hunted that quite a bit that area so are you going to be going out there next season with them? Yep, uh, I'll be out there again this fall, I think. Um, I still got to confirm dates with Matt, and then I'm sure I'll okay. be out there in the spring again as well. So Yeah, fair enough. Are you going for early season geese out there? Uh, not totally sure yet how my early season is going to go. I've got a bunch of calls from a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, I'm up in Canada. I'm not totally sure yet. Oh, fair we'll enough. see here. I've still got a organize some stuff and talk to a few people so yeah find out pretty soon i'd like to that that early season sounds pretty cool i mean being able to shoot 15 hawkers <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty wild if you get on a good one i know some guys up there that shot like 60 bird days 60 bird mornings out there early season right and that's a that's a big pile of birds in one morning Right. For, yeah. for if, if you can get the feed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just so many guys coming out there to hunt. That's why I'm a little bit hesitant about it, just because there's, you know, there's so many guys that come visit North Dakota just to see if they can kill their 15. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'd like to give it a try. So hopefully this fall we'll see. Yeah, I feel like the early season out there too has just grown so much from like people wanting to go out there just from seeing everyone else go out there. I feel like it's gotten way more popular to go hunt North Dakota early season now. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing for me. I try to kind of keep that, <laughs> try to keep spots as a secret because there are a lot of people that oh, travel yeah. out there to, to do that. So. Yeah, exactly. And then with social media and everything like that, I mean, right. yeah, I'd, if you start posting up a spot, it'll get blown up pretty quick. Yeah. But you just gotta pick your battles, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. So you were talking about maybe going to Canada. Where are you thinking about going to Canada? Like what? Um, what? Um, 
Providence. Honestly, next spring, I'm sure I'll hit them all. Yeah. Um, this fall, I have absolutely no idea just because I'm not exactly sure I want to go with the other. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a scheduling thing right now. So yeah. I got to make a bunch of calls. So. Yeah, fair enough. Does Dirty Bird, do they do anything in Canada at all? Uh, not yet. Not yet. There's there's been some talk here and there, but I don't. I haven't heard anything about it. At least for this next season, I'm sure we won't be. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hear At least not guiding. Yeah. Well, Canada kind of got screwed over for their spring snow goose with COVID. Like a lot of people right. go up there. I feel like for snows, a lot of outfits and stuff like that keep kind of going north. Like, right. Which uh, it sucks, but it's it's also a good thing. I mean. That's a lot less pressure oh, yeah. on those birds. That's another reason I'm really excited about this next season, just because they haven't been getting hunted for a while. I think this next season could be really good. Yeah, if you get a lot of them, I mean, you get a lot of them that, I feel like a lot of birds get shot in Canada. Um, yep. I feel like they just get dumb after North Dakota for snow bees. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, I mean, they hit, I hit Canada, and there's just not as much hunting pressure. Yeah. There's a lot more space, um, which is, I mean, <laughs> cool. Let's go shoot them. But yeah. the fact that nobody was hunting them this spring, I don't know. It might help out next season, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I was talking to uh, Alex with Kid Geese. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, but he was talking yeah. about, yeah, he was, because I had him on the podcast earlier. And, uh, yeah, he was kind of saying the same thing. I think next year is going to be a good one just because nobody nobody hunted them in Canada. Like, right. you have so many more birds now, and then they're all just being able to get ready to breed and get up in their area, and then they'll be good to go. Right, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for anyway, but I guess we'll find out. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what it pops out because, I mean... The, I don't know about you guys, but our goose and duck hatch is unbelievable right now. Like, yep, it's been insane everywhere. Everywhere that I've seen. North Dakota, um, out here, the hatches, I mean, I haven't seen it that good in a long time. Yeah, We've exactly. We've got geese where there shouldn't even be geese. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just feel like I've seen geese everywhere along every road and just like like big groups of them right. too not just a couple I mean I'm talking like right. three families all together hanging out on a tiny yep. little pond yeah yeah that's what we have here too I mean there's little ponds that normally I'd see you know a couple on and there's 50 100 sitting on it so that's <laughs> to me this next season is it's gonna be good it's gonna be good just about everywhere I think yeah and then does your when does your guys' early goose start then uh, it starts in September. Um, I'm not a huge fan of hunting that that early season yeah. opener. This past year we didn't hunt it. Uh, we hunted the day after, okay. and then from there out. Um, this next season, I don't even know if I'll hunt that first week. I don't know. It's just, it's so competitive. A lot of guys are doing day leases. It's oh wow. It it kind of turned into a big dick contest, which is yeah. I don't know if I can say that. It's oh no. which is fine, but I mean to deal with you know five other groups trying to get into a field with you know 150 keys in it is not exactly what i'm trying to do if i don't have to so yeah yeah leases leases are a son of a son of a gun but a lot of people do them where we're like in our area too just right. lease them out for the yeah. whole entire year like right. that however many fields it is but i don't know i mean good for you if you have the money but then like yeah, it kind of ruins the game for everybody yeah. else around you. And for I mean, like, and I get that side of it, especially if you're only gonna like lease like one or two different fields. Yeah. But especially around here, there's there's groups that lease up the whole area, and that kind of ruins the game for everybody. So I'm not a huge fan of it, I guess. Yeah. And it ruins it for younger guys too, because I mean, if you're yep. if you're 16 and you just got your license, and then you want to go bring out your three dozen uh, full body honkers, but then everywhere you ask, it's leased up, and then you're like, mm-hmm. well, now I can't get on any field. But if I do get on a field and there's only like a couple geese flying by that area, I feel like it's just gonna right. it just keeps pushing 
people not to hunt and then I don't know I just feel like leasing I mean do what you want to do I guess but if you're going to lease out a whole entire area like you're saying kind of ruins the point yeah yeah especially now I mean we're getting less and less people that want to get into waterfowl hunting yeah so for people to be leasing that up leasing areas up I kind of yeah like I said it ruins the game for everybody so yeah try to shy away from that I guess yeah and I mean yeah I don't know it just I feel like hunting just in general waterfall hunting especially it's just if you don't have money you can't do it like if you don't have if you're not working a ton and you're not making money to be able to buy different things like it's pretty hard to get into where if your dad like doesn't have like waterfall hunting gear or something like that like my my parents don't hunt so like i just had to work a ton and then be able to buy the stuff i have but right i don't know it's just it's just kind of tough things are just getting more expensive and then kids are just getting out of it and then kind of a lost tradition kind of going that way yeah i get that i mean when we started out we started out with you know a dozen giant oversized shells that we would hide underneath stuff like that yeah so i get that side of it and that's why i try to make it as easy for people that want to get into it to get into it i guess yeah i mean when i when i'm hunting we got a we got a couple guys down in mankato that don't really have anyone they're like 13 14 so we started taking them out last year it was just fun to see them out and go shoot a lot of birds over them and I mean, they they yeah. love it. Like once you get out waterfowl hunting, like there, it's just something something about it. You just can't stop doing it. Yeah, I mean, especially like I get that. I love taking out new kids. I I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I'd rather hunt with some new kid that's never hunted before than a lot of my friends now. Like I don't know, this this twenty year old dude that thinks he knows everything, <laughs> or some fifteen year old kid that just wants to see birds. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty fun to me to see some new kid get to shoot his first bird or even just get to see birds decoying for the first time. So yeah, and even like bringing like some buddies that never hunt, but then like oh they're like yeah, that's it. I feel like I took a couple guys early season just because it was warmer, and they like wanted to go try it out. And uh, my buddy he shot his first goose and it was actually a cackler. And we don't get many cacklers in Minnesota. I'm like, dude, that's pretty cool to be able to shoot your first goose as a cackler right. in Minnesota. Like, you don't understand yeah. it, but that's pretty cool to be able to shoot one in Minnesota because, I mean, you only shoot three or four a year. Yeah. Yeah, so. we don't see that many come through here either, especially especially this far east. We don't see a lot of new geese, so. Yeah. And, I mean, to be able to, like, even snows too. If you shoot a snow in Minnesota, I'm, I still haven't shot a snow in Minnesota yet. I've seen them. They've been close. And I mean, I had, we had a one group like pretty locked up with like two snows in it last year, but then across the street, somebody shot it like in their field and snows flared and I'm like, ah, so close, but yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing here. You see a snow and it's, it's kind of like on the trophy deer. Yeah, exactly. So, I'd see a half dozen, half dozen white birds all season, so. Yeah. Oh, that's the same way with here. And then you get a couple specks, I think. I think we saw three specks last year. And yeah. like maybe six snow geese. And then, yeah, that was about it. So, like, if you can shoot a, you can shoot a speck in our area or a snow goose, it's pretty, it's pretty rowdy. Yeah, same here. Yeah. But it's just the fun of the game. I mean, be able to shoot one of those in Minnesota. Because, I mean, we shot... I went down to Nebraska in February and shot a speck with it. It was an 18-year-old band from Canada. That's a good one. Yeah. Been yeah. around a while, seen some stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it was banded when it could fly, too. So, I mean, could have been older. Yeah. Like, you don't really know. But 18 years old, that's that's a lot of flying. Yeah, there's a lot of meaning in that band. Because, I mean, you see, I've got buddies that have got full lanyards, but... It's all shiny stainless steel. Like, who yeah. cares, man? You found a bunch of early season hawkers. <laughs> they got banded a year or two ago. Like, yeah. that's, you got on a good band grind. But 
there's a lot of miles and I mean I don't know I think an older band like that has a lot more meaning to it and value because you know that the person that shot it probably worked pretty hard for it so oh exactly and yeah like that's the same way with over here too I mean you have banding stations all over and I mean we got into like one weekend where we shot 10 bands next to the banding station but I'm like not that big of a deal because they were right. all banded this summer <laughs> and like they're all right. this year's birds so it's i mean it's cool but like it's like not really meaningful yeah. i'm like yeah i mean i shot a band but there's no backstory to it i know where it was born and i know where right. it's flown and i mean if i see some you know 17 18 year old kid with a lanyard full of stainless bands like sweet dude good for you i'm happy you got on that sweet little band grind but i mean then you see that old guy that's been on for 15 years and he has six dusty old bands that are worn down to nothing oh yeah that dude has put on some miles and you know those birds he earned them oh exactly yeah so. I, I love the people that try to flex their bands and i'm like dude every single one of them was banded probably less than a mile away from where he shot it <laughs> yeah and I'm like, well, yeah, I get that. Teach his own, I guess, whatever floats your boat. But I'd rather try to shoot one out of the state, or if it is shot from that state, like a ways away, and it's a couple of years old. Yeah, got some wear and tear to the band, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's fun, but I like seeing those older bands, like you said. Just so cool to see. Right. And I mean, I thought, I always thought too with the specs, the older they are, the more bars they have. But the one that we shot, it wasn't like super barred up. So. Yeah. How old was it? 18 years old. Oh, that, that band was off of a spec. That's yeah. pretty sick. Yeah. I have never seen a band of spec die before. I'm still waiting for that to happen. Yeah. It was crazy. We were like right at the end of the shooting day shooting light and like I saw two specs fly over shot that one went down and then uh, the dude we were hunting with pulled out his spec call and the other one just swooped right in and those were the only two specs we saw in Nebraska on that trip and then that one was banded and that was really sweet but yeah yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it was a lot of fun Nebraska is a lot of fun to hunt for waterfowl too if you haven't done it I have not. I've passed through it yeah. a couple times, but I haven't hunted it before, so it's on the list, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really good time. There's a lot of birds in that area, and then if you get on, like, I mean, we hunted just a little north of Lincoln because uh, my buddy goes yeah. to school down there, so I stayed with him, and then he's got a group of guys that hunts down there, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska's... That's what slept on, I think. Yeah, I feel like it'll start on social media start growing a little bit, but yeah, it's it's right. slept on for sure. Like people yeah. people don't really realize I feel like how many birds are actually down there. Because they just yeah. want more focus on Kansas and stuff like that. Missouri right. in the fall and stuff. But Nebraska's pretty good if you can be in the right area. That's the biggest thing. Yeah just getting in next to the river and all that kind of stuff because we under right did you guys go with them did you guys go with an outfitter or was that just no. on your own yeah we do i do all on my own i haven't i haven't done an outfitter since i was like 14 that like like besides nick that we went with um right but yeah we uh my buddy goes to school in Lincoln and then he just got a bunch of guys down there that he hunts with all year round and then I I, gotcha. I rode down with a buddy because he went and saw his girlfriend and I'm like well free trip down to Nebraska might as well uh, just right. tag along and go hunt for a few days sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, I get that yeah I was like it's not not too bad of a deal but yeah I mean that's about covers it but yeah no I know you're uh running out of time here because you got a call here pretty soon but is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about or something i didn't ask you about not really i think we i think we covered covered quite a bit i think yeah so yeah i think i think we covered 
good things about cameras and then talk about some hunting and then yeah i think we're pretty set sure but all right and then also is there uh if people want to contact you about guiding or anything like that photo related maybe um if there's a way to contact you um yeah so you can message my instagram there's links in my bio um if you want to book hunt you can message me or you can message dirty bird just go ahead and message their page there's links in their bios as well um yeah otherwise i'll be yeah. yeah, I think that's that's what we're gonna do. So perfect. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, I'll uh I'll talk to you later. Then it was a good one. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All see right, you. see you, brother. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That wraps things up today for episode ten with Seth. What a great guy to talk to, and it was a blast having him on. I hope you guys learned a few things about photography. And I hope you guys enjoyed some of the stories that we shared. So have a good one and have a good fourth.